0: Weekend watchlist is brought to you by Sportsmate and Footy Live. Melbourne remains undefeated following all last week's win over St Kilda, and rewarded with a Western holiday to Perth and a bye. Meanwhile, the Tiger Army can prevent themselves from feeling dusty on Sunday with a win against Hawthorne on Saturday afternoon. The Saints will be looking to go back on track against the Cats on Saturday, of course, while the Blues are also shooting for three straight when they face the Giants. They'll be saying farewell to Leon Cameron. There's plenty happening this week, and with me to help you decide what to keep an eye on, in this weekend's footy is our resident expert, Nick Guglielmino. Nicky G, Mm -hmm. how's your week in footy been?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, a lot happening. A lot of big news. uh, News that we probably expected. Uh, Probably not this soon, though, to be honest, with Leon Cameron. But uh, nonetheless, uh, a big weekend of footy coming up. And um, yeah, actually, I'll get into it shortly. But there's there's not that many 50-50 games, which can be a good thing because there's always an upset. And it'll be interesting to see who gets up this week. Absolutely. As you said, not many
0: 50-50 games, but one that we are split on is, of course, yep. St Kilda and Geelong. Now, you said here mm. they're both holding five and three records, but yep. for mine, I just feel like, you know, you can trust one team and you can't trust the other. I think a lot of cachet, a lot of brand capital is in the Geelong Cats. Yep. Everyone, including Saints fans, still has doubts about the Saints, But but talk us through your analysis this game, mate.
1: Well, yeah, like you said, uh, both both five and three going into this one. This is probably one of the genuine 50-50 games of round nine. But also, like you said, uh, can't really trust the Saints at the moment. Um, the opening few rounds of the season, we started to gain a little bit of faith in them. And when that uh, faith starts to creep in, that's when they let you down. They've lost two on the trot. Um, And they go into this game uh, level with uh, Geelong on points and both looking to push for a spot in the top four. Uh, This is a big one. It's a big one for St. Kilda especially. They can't lose three in a row if they're to be taken seriously uh, this season. Uh, Their their two scores over the last two weeks combined hasn't even cracked a ton. So they've had their issues, uh, their goal kicking issues, Uh, they've had their... Troubles, performance-wise, I thought last week's first half against Melbourne was just atrocious. Credit to them, they didn't give up and didn't get blown out, but um, they have to bounce back this week, uh, and the Cats are a bogey side for them as well. I don't think they've beaten Geelong since 2016, so um, look, there's no there's no better way to prove yourselves than knocking off uh, one of your bogey teams, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a close one. Uh, very hard to separate uh, going into these two, but I'm probably leaning in Geelong's favour just slightly.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned Geelong are a bogey side, and some of that kind of explains some of the weird results between these two sides. So last year they met twice. Round nine, St Kilda kicked 5-17, which is a very, very St Kilda thing to do, as we've seen it this is. year that has continued. Yep. And then in round 22, they went out to a three-one point lead and let it slip, and the Cavs got on top of them there again. So... I think we can see similar similar game styles and similar matchups happening this time around. Geelong aren't really converting their shots into, into goals either; they're only scoring at forty nine percent accuracy, and but they've allowed to score their their opponents to score at fifty nine percent, which is a uh, which is upwards towards the uh, top of the league in terms of ease of conversion. So surely this is the week we see St Kilda capitalize on some scoring opportunities, mm-hmm. and uh, it will play into their favour. They they are really quite good at finding scoring shots and just seemingly, and we can't really explain it. And neither can they. They aren't very accurate. But do we do we have any faith in some straight goal kicking from the Saints, or will they let another game slip?
1: Well, I mean, it's it is under the dome at Marvel Stadium, so uh, they can't use the weather as an excuse or the the windy conditions. So, yeah, uh, I mean, if there's ever a week for them to turn it around, it's this week and. Yeah, they need a they need to look to their uh, yeah their two key pillars in memory and uh, max King um, who have been quite reliable uh, for them in the past they're both capable of um, yeah big scores obviously uh, but yeah I mean th- there's no reason to suggest they shouldn't be uh, kicking straight this week it's obviously been it's been a thing on their mind at the back of their minds over the last few weeks um, their goal kicking so there's a few mental barriers for them to, to break uh, this week if we're to take them seriously one's beating their bogey side one's kicking straight and then of course you know challenging for a Premiership as well is the ultimate one because the, the club hasn't done it in uh, what 50 60 odd years so um, yeah if, we, if we're to take them seriously they they need to do something this week they can't they can't be losing uh, three games straight.
0: Another concerning uh, stat for St Kilda is they got outscored by 36 points from clearances last week against Melbourne. Now it's probably to mm. be expected against the best midfield in the competition, but yeah. uh, apparently Dangerfield is primed to return for the Cats, adding some strength there. Do we reckon mm. the Geelong midfielder has what it takes to to rip open the holes again, or is this a, a different beast for St Kilda?
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think St Kilda's team, like on on paper, they've got a good midfield. Uh, I think Jack Still had a really um, had a really down week last week, uh, well below his standards, and he won't, won't want to come out and um, produce that same effort two weeks in a row. So I'm expecting a better performance from St. Kilda from the midfield for sure. But yeah, uh, the danger field inclusion for Geelong, uh, I think he's got a pretty good record against the Saints. I was looking up some SuperCoach scores before as he makes his way back into the Geelong side. And um, yeah, he's got a good record against, the, against St. Kilda. So... It is it is a different beast this week um, going up against yeah Geelong you can never really write off so um, it'll be it'll be definitely one of the interesting um, aspects of the game to watch but yeah I'll yeah we'll see if uh, the St Kilda midfield can find a response.
0: And then talking about a response, I'd be very interested to see how Geelong plays. Obviously, they they tat up the Giants last week in a comfortable victory, but they played very Geelong circa 2021 football. It was very calm, collected, slow, kick-mark style football, a lot of uncontested possessions. Mm -hmm. All year, though, prior to that, they've been playing a lot more aggressive, a lot more scoring, a lot more open football, and a bit more risky football. Do you reckon we're going to see a lockdown approach to St Kilda and take away their strength, or... Under the roof, can they back in their skill set and try and shoot for some high scores against St Kilda? Uh,
1: they should be. They should be. Uh, because, I mean, we'll say, we've been talking about this all season, really, about the Cats. Um, it, it's impressive when you see them actually take the game on and uh, they looked good when they were doing it. They were winning games and, um, yeah, they looked dangerous. It, it kind of added a, a, f- a fresh new look to, a new identity to Geelong and, um certainly if, you know, they're gonna be one of the teams to beat this year or be a top four side, they gotta be backing in their game plan. They can't be playing reserve footy and trying to just nullify the opposition. They have to be the ones in control. They have to be playing their brand. Um and yeah, especially, you know, at Marvel Stadium against the side there they usually uh come out and beat. Um if the last couple of years are anything to go by. They have to just be playing their brand of football and um, yeah, I think it's St Kilda. They they should be the ones that should be worrying how to stop Geelong because yeah, they've they've had a hold on the Saints uh, for the last five or six years. There
0: we go. So we've talked around the result. What's your prediction here? Are you leaning towards an upset, or are you going to pick the history mm. repeat itself and go with the Cats?
1: Yeah, like I said, it's going to be close, but I'm just leaning towards Geelong in this one. I think they'll be. Too strong, like we said the the return of Paddy Dangerfield um, playing under the dome uh, they've got a good record there Geelong I think they can win we'll be back after a quick break.
0: I Dangerford loves the Dome in general, as mm. does Jeremy Cameron. He's averaging four goals there in his last uh, five games, so that's a that's a handy haul to have as well. So with those two up and about, it would be hard to stop, and I think uh, the Saints might be in for another sad car trip home. Mm. Speaking of sad car trips home, one of us will be in for a sad car trip home on Saturday night for uh, the old Jimmy and Nicky G Cup, and I'll have to take on the mantelpiece as the Richmond Nuffy as, uh, you know,
1: yeah, uh, James yeah, Sabo is
0: off in more commercial radio uh, commitments now. But uh, Richmond take on Hawthorne, or Hawthorne take on Richmond. I believe it is your home game after all. We would not want to rob you of such a privilege of you know owning the MCG sure. for a day if and if only your fans would turn up. But um, can you please explain to me, you've had this in our show notes here, why this is an upset alert, and... So Richmond is coming off a, a commanding victory last week at the MCG. Mm-hmm. It was vibes of old, Dusty's back, kicking snags. We're all getting around him. Everyone's loving it. Yep. You, your Hawks, and you like yep. to say you, you are a member of the Hawks. You're a yep. front, front uh, ballot member. His and uh, you, you you lost four four goal loss five goal loss really uh, yeah. to to the Dons to the arch nemesis to the rival and you yeah. were sad you were so sad you stopped talking about football for three weeks, yet somehow you've managed to find an angle here and you didn't share yeah. the stats or the notes so it's very obtuse about yeah. how the the rebuilding Hawks yeah. can take on the old guard dynasty and yes it's the old guard dynasty it's not the new current dynasty of yeah. the Tigers so explain to me where the upset angles are.
1: I can't really explain. That's probably why I didn't put it in the notes. It's just something I feel in my bones, Gordo. Like you said, it's a home game. The punt road end is going to be filled with brown and gold, not the yellow and black like it usually is. Um, But I just feel like it would be a very Hawthorne thing to do to uh, come off a disappointing loss. You know, the people that did jump on the bandwagon or, you know, get some faith in Hawthorne, they're well and truly off this week, and it'll just be typical of them to... uh, put in a performance and uh, get get a, an, an unlikely result. So um, obviously Hawthorne haven't won since Easter Monday and the last three results, you know, I wouldn't say have been bad. They, they, they led for three quarters against Sydney and against Essendon. We'll just forget about that last quarter for now, both last quarters. And they got as close as anyone this year to beating the reigning premiers, Melbourne. Uh, got within 10 points there. So I think they're due for... You know, more of a four-quarter effort, um, yeah, more solid performance. I'm not taking anything away from Richmond because they've been a, uh, yeah, they've been in form over the last couple of weeks, and they'll be hard to stop, no doubt, uh, because obviously Tom Lynch is in his goal-kicking form. Uh, Jack Rewall is usually, you know, tears Hawthorne apart, and Dusty's back, of course, and I think Prestia might be back this week as well. So it's a strong Richmond team. Um, but then again, I also like the uh, the inclusions Hawthorne get as well. They get, they welcome back Mitch Lewis, who's a leading goal kicker. Chad Wingard who's going to have some X Factor. And also Connor Nash, who I think has been underrated when he's been playing. He adds a different dimension to that midfield, a more defensive approach to the midfield. Um, and yeah, the last time these two teams met, it was a draw in round 23 last year. So I reckon... Sam Mitchell might just have a couple of things up his sleeve going into this one. I can't provide you any stats, Gordo. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just it's one of those. If you if you believe in the uh, the footy the footy uh, spirits and the footy gods and the energies, um, then that that's all I'm going in with this one. I reckon there's just potential for an upset at the MCG on Saturday, Arvo.
0: Yep, absolutely. I do agree. And a stat that does go in your favour. If look mm-hmm. at the scores per inside 50 percentage, Hawthorne are actually uh, ranked first in the competition. They Once you get inside 50, you're quite yeah. accurate at, at scoring from, from your, your entries. So that is good to see. Uh, and scores conceded, Richmond's ranked 16th. So you know, their defence, once they get exposed, and that's always been the case at Richmond, even in their dynasty years, that if you can break that funnel line of defence, which is usually pretty high, they get scored against quite easily. That's all well and good. However, Richmond love to score off intercepts. So last uh, this year, in wins, they've scored 44 points per game from intercept possessions, ranked number one in the competition when they win. And we know that this is a rebuilding Hawthorne side. Sometimes I like to show off their, their skill and their personality and their flair, but with that comes mistakes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mistakes you've seen frustrated you, and you were quite emotional about that on, the, on, on Monday mm-hmm. after many mistakes against Essendon. So can you turn that around in a week? Can Hawthorne clean up their ball use or will you be giving Richmond a feast?
1: Well, if anything, if the, if the weather's anything to go, by, I think it's actually going to be a wet day at the MCG. So I'm expecting it to be a very scrappy, contested um, game. A bit like what it was on Easter Monday and I thought Hawthorne showed off their contested ball well in that game. And even against Port Adelaide in round two, I found that to be a very contested game. So I don't think there's going to be much clean ball use, um, but I think it, it'll be quite cagey and uh, yeah, quite scrappy. But um, yeah, I, th- I think yeah, Hawthorne have obviously been very inconsistent this season. For, if they were a bit cleaner last week, especially around goal, they, they would have blown Essendon out, but that wasn't the case. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe with a little bit of pressure taken off them this week and little bit of the focus taken off them I think they might uh, well I think they're capable of surprising a few and I think that's what we'll see from Hawthorne this year as well is uh, you, you shouldn't expect them to win but they, they can you know uh, get a few sculpts here and there and I think this could potentially be one of them so yeah we'll have to wait and see we will but
0: I'm, uh, I'm fairly confident of a rich and win. I'm going to put it out there. Dusty loves playing against uh, the Hawks. He averages 30 oh. disposals, just over a goal, and three score assists in his last five games against Hawthorne. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, your biggest stars like Tom Mitchell are, you know, on on the back of a season-worst performance. So I think the yeah, form lines are trending yeah. in, the, in the favoritism of the Tigers, but uh, I think we'll have to uh, agree to disagree on that one. On the flip side of those results, Sydney yeah. versus Essendon is another upset alert for mine because obviously mm. – Sydney lowered their colours to the Suns, and that's quite concerning, and now they're in the untrustables category. And, of course, Eston got a a big win in, in inverted square quotes uh, there against you guys on the weekend. And yep. all of a sudden now everyone's out and about and, oh, how good is Eston? And, oh, it's all looking sunny down there at the hangar down in yep. Tullamarine. So... Are you buying into the hype? Are you going to overreact to one win from Essendon, or is this really a case of Sydney are definitely a top-eight side, Essendon definitely aren't, and just pick the Swans and move on?
1: Yeah, definitely going with uh, the latter there. I think, look, Essendon were fantastic in that last quarter against Hawthorne, but I also thought that was second best for the first three quarters. So I'm not uh, buying into the Bombers just yet. Um, they still are 2-6. and um, two and two So... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You can't buy into them. I mean, they're going over to Sydney, SCG. Sydney are also, you know, on the back of two defeats. They're going to look to, um, yeah, bounce back. But I also think this is a very important game for the Bombers because, I mean, their they're buy is three weeks away. They've got this game against Sydney at the SCG. They've got the Tigers next week at the MCG, and then uh, Port Adelaide in Adelaide, uh, right before the buy. So. It is very real that they could be uh, two and two and nine at the bye, and that'll be season over for them. So they, you, you feel like they have to get one of these wins. Like I said, the win against Hawthorne was very good, but it won't mean much if they can't back it up. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll be tipping the Swans. I won't be backing the Bombers in, but you feel like Essendon have to, you know, show something and you know continue that momentum from last week.
0: Yes, and at least Essen also has the historical reminder that these games are at very least close. <laughs> so, yep. uh, last year uh, a margin of ten points or less in both of their in the last five matchups, in fact, and um, yeah, the matchups last year combined margin was just ten points. So they're incredibly tight affairs, and that keeps the bombers in it. But um, as you said, other than overreacting to one win, it's very mm-hmm. hard to make a logical, statistical, football based. Uh, decision to tip the Bombers, but um, we'll, we'll probably regret it when they win, but I'll be tipping the Swans too. Yeah. And speaking of tipping comp winners, the big game. We've probably buried the lead here. Leon Cameron's out the door. We'll get to him in just a second, but the Giants are taking on Carlton in what I like to refer to as the Rejects Cup. A long history there of Carlton picking up GWS Rejects and then having a point to prove to say, well, actually, we were the better ones that you should have kept. So... That yeah. trend is becoming less and less now that uh, Silvani is no longer involved at either club and in an official capacity. But um, I think everyone's just very nervous because Carlton are in the four currently and the Blues bandwagon is almost at full capacity. Everyone yeah. is loving the fact that they're in the four and everyone is yeah. forecasting, oh, deep funnels berth. How good is this? Carlton are back. Footy's going back to the 90s. This is awesome. I think yeah. we can get a bit carried away with that and, you know, they haven't beat anyone above them yet. They haven't beat anyone with a winning record yet. The Blues. So there's a lot of question marks. But you're in the four. You can only beat who you can beat. That's footy. Hmm. But of course, we've seen over the countless 150 years of AFL, VFL, and other state league football that a farewell game for a coach is a potent thing. It it's is. a very potent and powerful thing. Yeah. And we've yeah. seen it for all clubs at all lusters, And the Giants aren't that bad. They're not on the bottom of the ladder. This is not David Noble walking out the door and getting a, a free win for North Melbourne. This is a decent team that's just going to change its era. So are you banking on the uh, the farewell win or are you going to say that the Blues are true blue and um, off to the
1: finals football? You have to go for the team that is better this season. And Carlton are much better than what the Giants are this year. That's That's what comes to with tipping, but for some reason, Gordo, the punters, they're buying into the Giants. For some reason, GWS go into this game as favourites against the top four side. The Giants, who have won two games in the opening eight rounds of footy, are going in against Carlton, uh, who are currently sitting in the top four. So you mentioned the bandwagon as the people jumping on the Carlton bandwagon. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. People yeah, seem to be favoring the Giants in this one. Um, like you said, the emotional factor, Leon Cameron's last game, um, it, it certainly means something, I think. And I think the Giants will definitely want to send him off uh, properly. But um, if, you, if you actually look at the record between these two sides, you can see why they're buying into the Giants. Carlton have never won at the Giants' stadium. And the last five games these two sides have played against each other um, have been GWS wins by an average winning margin of 51 points. If you go further back, they've won nine out of the last 10 against Carlton. And and five of those nine wins were by more than 10 goals. So they're a bogey side, to say the least. Um, That one Carlton win as well out of those 10 games I mentioned was only by one point, and that was five years ago. So... Um... Yeah, and Carlton will also be going in without Harry Mackay, who's out for six weeks. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of signs pointing to a GWS win. We've mentioned already on this show how Carlton's away form doesn't really compare to their home form uh, when they're traveling. So, yeah, not a lot of people have faith in the old blue baggers, but... Like I said, I am. I don't think history and emotion should matter here. Carlton have been by far the better side in 2022, and when it comes to tipping, that's all that should that should matter. Don't don't get carried away with all the external factors. Uh, keep it simple and tip the better side, which is uh, which is Carlton. There you go. Unfortunately, I'll, I won't bury the
0: lead. I'll uh, I'll save it for our uh, put your house on it picks. But uh, I'm I'm predicting a giant's emotional upset here, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be on the back of one man and, and one man only. And I'll give you the hot tip. It isn't Liam Cameron, but uh, we'll get to that in due course. Talking of Liam and Cameron, however, mm-hmm. our number one super fan Dario is here with Dario's Digest, and he has a very important question for us.
1: Nico Gordo, Dario here from Buxton Real Estate in Ashburton. And- Just giving you another episode of Dario's Digest. Giving you something to digest every single week. Just a quick one from me
0: today. Leon Cameron is now gone. Who is their new coach? And he's given us a tough one there, Nicky G. He's asked Mm -hmm. us to predict the future. So who, okay, so two-part question then. Who do we want to see coach the Giants? Yeah. And then who do we think is most likely to coach the Giants?
1: There's only, there's only one answer for both, really, and that's Alistair Clarkson. I don't think they would have parted ways with Leon Cameron this early if they didn't have someone lined up and ready to go. Um, and that, I think the mutual um, agreement to part ways gave it away a bit. Their, their top target is Alistair Clarkson, and um, they they want to bring him in. Uh, it's as simple as that. And oh, I think it will be great for Clark to come back and Come back into the game, I think the dark horse is james herd as well i 'm not sure if you 've got a comment mm. on that, but um, I think it's a very dark horse as well i don 't think well,
0: yeah, I think the timing of the uh, the departure of Leon Cameron kind of prevents James Heard from from taking that spot, unless, of course, I put a caretaker in and then they only make the announcement after Gil McLaughlin's left his position as the CEO of AFL, just because there's obviously still a lot of um, previous James Heard. Uh, baggage and uh, history to kind of, like, get under the bridge there. And I think there's still a lot of people involved in the higher-ups of the AFL. Mm-hmm. We know that the AFL loves to put their fingers into the Giants' pie and make sure that it runs the way they want it to run and hopefully one day win them a flag and pays off and expands the game and la-da-da-da. I think if those people are still involved in the AFL, which I think majority of them are, mm-hmm. uh, they won't be giving it to James Heard, given what happened in the past. Yeah. yeah. But... um. Do we see any of the media personalities coming back? Do you see Ross the boss or, you know, the newly uh, refreshed Nathan Buckley coming back in and, you know, taking over a club once again?
1: Nathan Buckley is an interesting one, but I just feel like the the position the Giants are in, the, we've mentioned how good their list is. They could be, they should be competing for a top eight spot, potentially even top four. Their Their list is good enough to be, you know, pushing for a flag in the next couple of years, I still believe um, with the quality that, that they've got, and now that they're at an opportunity to uh, start fresh with a new coach, um, I don't think, like you said, they wouldn't, they shouldn't be going for a, a, a coach like James Hurd who does carry that extra baggage. Nathan Buckley as well. Why would you go for Nathan Buckley when you know Clarkson's there available? I just think I just think there's only one man that should be targeting and are targeting, and that is Clarko. So Ross Lyon, I, I'm not too sure about either. Um, yeah, th- I think the Giants are in the position where they have to be 100% sure that the man they're bringing in is going to bring them a premiership. And, yeah, I don't think they should be looking further than Clarko, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I think it's kind of annoying because if you were one of the spate of talented uh, assistants that are currently in the system, you have, like, Blake Carosella, you've got Scott Burns, you've got Adam Kingsley, you've got Brendan Laid, all of them are kind of ready to make that next jump up. And I think they'd appreciate doing it with a club like GDOS that doesn't have to rebuild straight away versus getting lumped with an Adelaide or a North Melbourne again when they go through their rotation if they're still at the bottom of the ladder in two, three years' time. Um, But I think, unfortunately, if the AFL has something to say about it, which I think we all, as both the media and the fans, think they do, yeah. Uh, and if the man wants the job, which we all think he does, uh, the one man and one man only will be in that job, and it'll be Alex the Clarkson, and you'll be buying a membership next year, won't you?
1: <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. It'll be it be hard to see uh, him wearing a GWS polo, but uh, if I if I had to pick a side for Clarko to go to, it would probably be either GWS or Gold Coast because I don't know. There's there's no real rivalry there, and. Uh, yeah, n- not a lot of fans to be rubbing it in our faces. So, yeah, I, I would like, yeah, it would be good to see Clarko and um, come back to the AFL. And, yeah, I think GWS will be the right team for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Supercoaches, you are one in the game of Supercoach. <laughs> and each week you have a little time here to set aside once the chaos of the week is over. And we know who's going to be playing in and who the ins and outs are uh, to tell us who's our essential purchase or pick. For the week. So, uh, yeah. what have you got for those super coach desperados out there for us?
1: Yeah, well, I'm definitely one of those desperados this week because Tom Mitchell, who was my point of difference, he's out of the Hawthorne side this week. He's been out of form for most of the year, and I don't think he'll be getting those midfield uh, minutes like he usually does uh, anymore. So, I'm looking for a replacement, and that man is Travis Boak because uh, just like a fine wine, this guy's just getting better with age. He's the third-highest scorer in the game in Supercoach this year, and he's only owned by 5% of teams. So he he is a point of difference. And the scores this year for him have been massive. Uh, The 149, actually, against the Bulldogs last week was his fourth score over 130. So half his scores this season have been over 130. And he's not too expensive either. I mean, for a premium... Uh, you're, you're paying 590 which is definitely at the bottom end for a, pr- a premium midfielder um, being the, in the top three highest scorers in the game. So if you're like me and you've got the likes of McRae, Cripps, Neil, uh, Clayton Oliver in your team already um, and you're looking for someone else, a point of difference, uh, Travis Boak has to be that man. I, I can see him continuing uh, the form he's in. Port Adelaide uh, stunned to rise again. Uh, and even when they were struggling, he was still scoring big. So I can see him maintaining this 120 average or at least 115 for the rest of the season. So, yeah, definitely, if you're in the same boat as me, replacing Tom Mitchell or upgrading one of your rookies, get him in. There we go. There's the word from the super coach himself, Nicky G. And speaking of being
0: in great form like Travis Boak, we've been in pretty good form with our Put Your House on Picks as well. And if you make it this far in the podcast, this is a little reward for you. You can take the information how you want, show off to your mates at the pub, maybe have a cheeky flutter if that's what you're interested in, as long as you do it responsibly. and uh, But otherwise, in, enjoy yourself. But take it away, Nick, with your prop and pick of
1: the week. Well, Max Gorn's in a bit of doubt this week, Gordo, but if he does end up playing, he's going up against a West Coast side uh, without Nat Nui. I think they've got Hugh Dixon and is Stern is still in the side? I'm not too sure, but... Whether he is or isn't, I think Max Gorn is going to absolutely feast against this injury-riddled Eagles side. Um, I would have him for 50 or 60-plus hit-outs if he wasn't sharing the ruck load with um, Luke Jackson, but he will at least get 40 hit-outs um, at Optus Stadium. He loves, and obviously he loves playing at Optus Stadium after last year's final series, so watch out for him to have a big one. And also Port Adelaide are my pick to win by 50-plus Points because they're going up against North Melbourne and that's all there is to it. I think they're going to win big, and they're in some good form as well. Yeah. With power, they are, and then all of a sudden they go four and five. And Ken
0: Hinkley's audacious comment about being five and five by round eleven doesn't sound mm. so ridiculous after all. So you never doubt a veteran coach is my hot tip. Talking of hot tips, my prop, and I mentioned it before: one man and one man only can alter that result against. Carlton for the Giants. His name is Toby Green, and I'm backing him in to have it give Leon Cameron a farewell to remember. I reckon he's going to have 15 plus disposals, he's going to kick two or more goals, and the Giants get the win. The odds for that one are about three bucks if you're playing it that way. And Toby Green last year finished with 20 disposals, 11 score involvements, and four goals against the Blues at Giants Stadium in a barnstorming win last year in around 14. They're back mm-hmm. at the same arena. I think we're going to see the same result. It's just a gut thing, and sometimes, as you said about your Hawks, sometimes it mm. happens with clubs, and you should just follow your gut. Absolutely. So do that, and uh, we haven't mentioned my you know, soft spot this year has been the Fremantle Dockers, yeah. and uh, they're flying under the radar. Flying under the radar this week, and I'm not 100% why, but I think they're going to have another cruisy win. They're already in the four, they're sitting third. Cruisy, mm. two-goal win. They'll cover that line of 11.5 because in their last 12 matches as a favourite, They've covered the line in 11 of them. This is a side that is delivering on their expectations now. This is a side that will play finals football. This is a side that could finish in the top four and be that bolter of 2022. And you all know where you heard it first. Speaking of hearing it first, that's all we've got time for in the uh, weekend watch list preview. Thank you very much for joining me, Nicky G. Thank you for everyone for listening and our number one superfan Dario for his Dario's Digest segment. And uh, until Monday, where we wrap up all the happenings and excitement of the weekend's action, enjoy your football and stay dry.